Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Matters with your host, Alice Aspen March. Alice is here to discuss why the kind of attention we get and give to others is vital and impacts our behavior and our feelings. People can remember forever the kind of attention they got from teachers, parents, and grandparents, dentists, from everyone in their lives, especially when it feels good and or feels bad. Alice is here to give you tools to intervene in your attention factor. So please welcome the host of Attention Matters, Alice Aspen March. Hello, this is Alice Aspen March, your host of Why Our Attention Matters. And we are alive. And I have such a special guest today. This is a miracle call, really, because um, I didn't know anything about his work or what he did. And one day I'm just, you know, roaming through my computer, and there he was with the Road Road Trip Nation. Welcome, Tim Hogan. Thank you, Alice. Good to be here. Well, let me tell you what I saw on the Road Trip Nation. I saw a group that was really giving three young adults the kind of attention they like. They needed. They needed. And, of course, I'm a zealot about this because when you get the kind of attention you need, because it is our primary need, you thrive. And if you don't get the kind you need, you need any kind of attention so badly, you have to act out. Tim's had a fabulous background with being very attached to the Boys and Girls Clubs uh, Club for 10 years. And you were national director in business development when you led the new business vertical. Oh, I can't even read it all. You're just, you're, you've had a wonderful <laughs> career, and I love, I love how you're doing it. Do you want to say something before I ask you, what does Road Trip Nation do? Yeah, sure, Allison. And yeah, I think, um, you know, that's probably, you know, my time at Boys and Girls Clubs really probably, you know, provided the the tie that's bound our conversations to date. And, you know, being in the, the business development side of the side of the work and the partnership side of the work, I think what that means is I get to be in the room with a whole lot of smart people. And as long as I take good notes, I can 
steal some bits and pieces from it. So, um, you know, the organization itself, especially at the, the national level, just brings so many sharp folks into this conversation. And, you know, we're not talking about easy things to solve, but, um, you know, I, I feel really fortunate to have been, you know, again, in the room with folks who are coming up with good ways to try to solve these problems. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I think that you know, the fact that you're doing this, this show regularly and that the conversation about these large, complex problems about how to, you know, how to you know, develop youth, especially, um, it's exciting and it's encouraging, especially in a, in a time where, you know, <laughs> encouragement of any kind is something I think we all need. And, you know, suddenly all these youths are adults. And if they didn't get the kind of... It happens quick. <laughs> very quick. And if they didn't get the kind of attention they needed in childhood, that's what they're going to bring to their adulthood. So you are really intervening in that. You're showing them another way. You're giving them experiences that just are lifelong gifts. Uh, that's why I asked you, what does Rhode Island, and I love how you talk about what you do, by the way. <laughs> You're in the room with smart people. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm going to say thank you for that. <laughs> And our room <laughs> extends a long way. You're in San Diego, and I'm in New York. Anyway, That's what right. does what does Road Trip Nation do? Yeah, what a, what a great question. Um, you know, the, the way to think about the work that we do is really in two parts. The first is on uh, you know, storytelling, narrative change, and the media side of the house, really, really to, to tell the stories, um, which I'll get into in a second. And the second uh, is more on an education and career exploration. Uh, side of the house. And the way that works is we identify, call it socially relevant themes. So everything from uh, veterans returning from service or dreamers determining their, their path in life or uh, uh, developing industries in the state of Indiana uh, or, um, you know, or, or uh, women in science trying to figure out what their pathways should be. But all, all these themes are related to uh, that pathway from education into the workforce and really trying to expose what more opportunities there actually are, because I think it's safe to say that none of us know every possible pathway that's out there. And the reality is all of our pathways have been completely different, no matter what our LinkedIn profiles and our resumes say, right? I mean, if you looked at a LinkedIn profile, we all look like we've been executive directors since the age of 18, and we've never had any jobs that we didn't like, never had any gaps in our careers, never had the uh, you know, uh, payback student loans or anything like that, just because that's what we put out in the world when we're looking for our for our next step, which is lovely for adults that are in jobs and are just kind of looking for the for the next step. But if you're 15, 16, 17, are starting to think about what uh, you know what your path in life is going to be, and you start to get exposed to folks outside of your network, and the only way to do that is through Instagram or LinkedIn or what have you, you're not seeing anybody overcome any hurdles. You're just seeing perfect lives because that's how it's portrayed. And that's really not what gets us to where we are. Uh, you know, the, the hurdles we have to overcome are help us figure out both the direction and then certainly the successes that we find. So what we do with these, uh, with these projects, when we identify these themes is we, we find three typically young adults uh, who are at the early stages of figuring out what their pathway is going to look like within this particular theme. So take the women in science theme that we did a few years ago. Um, three young women looking for, for pathways into the science industry, but don't really understand what those pathways look like. And also don't see a lot of people that look like them in those, in those roles. And so through an application process, we identify these, these, these three young women and they uh, pile into one of our green RVs and go along uh, with our production team uh, and travel the country and interview leaders. Uh, in this case, women in science, all of them have very different, yeah, you know, all, all have very different stories about 
you know, how they got to where they are. But the tie that binds, you know, being uh, all, all female in science, again, is just this, this one example. The, yeah, and, and the end result is a documentary that we are uh, you know, on public television reaches about 40 to 60 million households with each with each documentary. But then we go back into all the footage that we collect, everything on the cutting room floor and everything that makes it on air and cut up short form videos, 30 to 120 seconds to feed a much larger uh, database or interview archive, as we refer to it, uh, that is accessible uh, to uh, about 14 million students over the course of the year um, uh, through um, high school and, and primarily high school and college age students uh, who are really trying to understand what their next steps are, are going to be uh, by hearing from folks who have uh, who have been through it and figured out what their own path is, is going to be. So good long-winded answer to your question, Alice. Hopefully that's helpful. But really, you know, and kind of in summary, it's we're telling the story and leveraging our, our documentary work to try to change a narrative, um, but then putting it into more bite-sized uh, bite-sized assets that can be helpful to the actual student or young adult who's trying to figure out what's next. Well, I, I really haven't been the same since I landed uh, from PBS, I believe it was, on my computer and saw the show where you had three kids going to interview people in the insurance business. I was just awed by what you had created. First of all, there were th uh, three uh, kids of color. There was a young black father. I mean, he had a child. And I believe there was an Asian lady and a Spanish lady who did not know each other, who got on a bus. For how long were these trips? A week or more? Yeah, usually about three or four weeks. Three or four weeks. And by the end of it, they were saying, you know, we really think alike. We have the same needs. That's <laughs> what they were saying. And I thought to myself, this should be all over the world. This is what we want. The people understand that we're all the same. We're all the same. Now, I was particular. I have to take a minute here because I was particularly attracted to this program, although I didn't even know this phone, uh, this uh, you existed, because I once gave a speech in your neighborhood, as a matter of fact, at Berkeley to a group of uh, insurance executives who were uh, who specialized in risk management. That's when employees are so miserably unhappy that they have to bring a case, which costs a lot of money, and a court case. And sometimes they go back and work, and sometimes they don't. Anyway, I, I gave this speech, and then at the end of it, when I walked up to leave, a, another person was running up similar steps to talk to me. She was the workers' comp judge from San Francisco. And this is the first thing she said to me. Alice... Now I know why my 16-year-old says to me, I don't care if I ever talk to you again. And I thought, oh, this woman's on my, on my uh, wavelength. She, and she said, I have to tell you, your observations are lethal. This is what I see in front of my bench every single day. These people come to complain that they're not getting what they need at work. So what you're able to do is bring people together, not only to give them a chance to interact with people who look like them and ask wonderful questions, but there's something, there's a backstory to this. You're creating an experience where these kids, no matter how old or how young or how fat or thin or rich or poor or where they come from, can really begin to relate to each other as humans. 
Uh, you're 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 spot on, Alice. I mean, I think from the start of of the work that we we do it we we do it at Road Trip Nation when our founders created this you know this process you know close to 20 years ago, that was always part of this. Is really just I think on a on a very broad scale understanding that we don't all know what is out there, which means we don't all know who else is dealing with, um, you know, similar experiences. And some of those experiences can be very small or they can be, you know, encompass your entire lifetime. So what we have the ability to do with the way these projects are are structured is, uh, you know, each time that we uh, put together a new project and identify a new group of road trippers and a new group of leaders, uh, we, we've got the, the luxury, if you will, of continuing to expand and diversify who we're talking, talking to. And I don't think it took us very long to recognize we're never going to reach the bottom of having, you know, the full collection of different stories that are needed to help people figure out what their next step is. I mean, there's not going to be a point where we're all going to have a, you know, a big team meeting and say, we're done. We've figured it out. We found all the stories. This is all anybody ever needs. It'll be something we'll have to, uh, or get to continue to, uh, always explore because there's more to it, right? Than than we will ever be able to wrap our own on heads around. But to understand what your paths may be or what your own individual path is going to be, you have to be able to see what all the different possibilities are that other people have already explored. To understand, okay, now that I understand all these different directions people have gone, I don't have to choose one of those. I can choose my own, and that's what it's going to be, whether I like it or not. It's going to be my own path, but I don't have to do it passively and just take what's handed to me, I can take the next steps and try to craft it the way I want it to. So um, even if you have a conversation with someone, you know, about an industry or from a particular background or particular geographic area that seems like you would, you know, align, align with them from an interest standpoint, you may sit down with them for an hour and get to the end of it and go, you know what, we are very different people. We have very different priorities, very different interests, but what you're going to walk away from that conversation understanding is that with one good conversation, not to oversimplify the process of you know determining what your what the future of your life looks like, but with one good conversation, you can learn more about yourself, even if the person you're talking to doesn't share the same interests or, or same same direction as you. Well, the very idea that you are giving these they're kids to me, uh, access access to the kind of attention they need is a major piece of humanity. I don't know if you realize that's what you're doing, but that's what you're doing. And I came along, I didn't know anything about attention, really, except what I saw on billboards, you know, attention sale. But I know what it is today, (laughs) and it makes a future. We all need mentors through our whole life. Well, this went fast. We've gone to our first commercial, and we'll be back and alive, and we have a lot to talk about. I'm so pleased you're here, Tim. Thank you for being my guest. Me too. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters 
for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern. Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. You know, Tim, we're back audience of it's bbm global network right now uh and we're alive and kicking you know tim uh i've done research on what attention is for almost 30 years and one of the things that i learned is that we come into this world as a and we have one one special modality of doing our our lives we're either auditory or kinesthetic, or visual. And that's what tanks us up. A lot of people only have, they only hear things, you know, and they'll tell you in their speech, kids will tell you in their speech, I hear, excuse me, I hear what you're saying. Or they'll say, I see what you mean, or I get it. And that's how they live. You must be partly, I'm assuming this, because you're you're wrapped up in soccer and you were on it, and I think you pl- uh, you're a soccer player. I bet you've got plenty of kinesthetic, uh, whatever, gonads. But what you're doing <laughs> is you're you're demonstrating visually, not only auditorily, because these kids talk about themselves, and they talk to their mentors. But a lot of people can't understand what we're talking about or what anything is unless they see it. Does this make sense? Sure. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're exactly right. I mean, I don't think it's a real. I, I mean, I'm, I'll screw up the stats if I try to try to quote them. But you know, you experience something, you're going to remember it more than if you, uh, you know, uh, than, than if you hear it. And and you know, and if you say or repeat, you're gonna you're gonna learn it more than. Uh, than if you just hear it or see it, see it written. Uh, hopefully nobody's quoting me on how that was positioned, but I think you know what I'm getting at and that the experience is going to be a deeper, uh, you know, a, a deeper uh, impact on you than, than, you know, just listening or just seeing. So then we look at kind of the core of how we approach it. I mean, the deepest impact, and, you know, we've been lucky enough to do some evaluation work on, on this actual impact, but deepest impact we have is on the, you know, the, the three road trippers for each project who are, you know, traveling across the country, seeing things they haven't, things they haven't seen like dogs for example uh maybe uh, <laughs> you, uh you, you heard heard our special guest here um but but you know they 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 are having an experience that they just wouldn't otherwise have and i think the question for us is how do you translate and it's such a unique experience that three individuals get to have to a group of folks um you know much much larger right because we're trying to reach as many folks as we as we possibly can um, you know, the, the, uh, the production work that we're able to do on the video side is really, 
um, you know, which allows us to, to kind of reach a broader audience. And I think when we look at the short form content that we're putting into high schools and into, into colleges, into after school programs, what that does is really creates that, that engaging step into the much longer process. We don't want to suggest that watching a one documentary or watching a couple of 30 second clips is going to help you figure out what the, what your future looks like. However, it can get you started. So the perfect world for us is that when we take some of that content, show someone from a uh, you know from a from a particular background that aligns with the audience of students that we're working with, and that becomes the entry point into the support they're receiving in the after school program or the support they're receiving from uh, the guidance counselor who are having you know fewer fewer resources with each passing with each passing year. But to, to your point, if we can find a way to introduce students, introduce young people to what the larger process is, then they'll be a little bit more invested in, uh, you know, the kind of steps they need and want to take to figure out what's what's coming next. So uh, even though we're kind of in this this crazy space right now, we're all kind of sitting in our uh, you know, our own spaces and not not going out and interacting with each other as much as as much as we'd like. I don't think anybody's going to suggest that there's a certain amount of videos or a certain amount of white papers you can consume that are going to get you clear on what your interests are and how you want to pursue them. But if you can find the right entry point, I think you can set some folks up for success, especially if you're putting them in an environment where they do have, you know, mentors and teachers and, and, and guidance counselors and community members that are helping them take that step. That's the ideal. And we just do our best to kind of play the, uh, the part that we're best at in the process, knowing that we can't, we can't solve it all on our own. Well, I agree totally. And I will never forget the scene where uh, the young father, he's black, a city kid, I guess, goes into a forest. They stop along the way and they go swimming and they go to the forest and they go eat ice cream. It's so human. And he can't go into that forest. He is terrified. And he plays that right. Uh, he, he, it's real time. And he's playing that in front of you, right in front of the audience, because he's never been in a forest. And the forest holds some fearsome, potential fearsome experiences for him. That was amazing. I will never forget it. That's in the insurance one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, those are the kind of experiences that, you know, we, um, we don't, you know, often talk about it when we're kind of describing the work because it's so much about the interaction with the uh, the leaders that they're meeting and the conversations they're having but you're right I mean these uh, you know these road trips are not to get you know too metaphorical right but over the course of three or four weeks you're getting a little bit of a snapshot of what it's like to live a life where you're jumping into scenes that you are not used to jumping into right and, I, and, and again we we're all in different starting spots. Um, not everybody in the same, uh, you know, with the same resources or opportunities from from the word go. But at the same time, uh, you know, we we are all, um, if we're truly exploring, uh, you know, always finding something that uh, is new to us, right? And so the question becomes, you know, to kind of stick with this example, do we look at that forest and say, nope, not interested, and then stick with where we're comfortable, or do we go sprinting into that forest or maybe somewhere in between where you're taking steps along with some, you know, friends and mentors, right. As they, as they did in the um, auditing and accounting road trip. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you, you, you know, it's, I don't think it's all that groundbreaking to say and the more experiences you have, especially ones that make you a bit uncomfortable will, you know, make you more confident in terms of what your, your next steps are. But um, you have to create an environment where those things can actually happen. 
right? And that may mean, uh, you know, doing it with other people who can support you or doing it with people who are in a very similar boat, which is um, what tends to happen when we put our, our, our three road trippers together on these trips. You know, yes, all I can say is yes. But these three kids talked about everything they were doing and how they felt about it. I mean, this is a forever experience, forever. And I think that I do you ever have watch groups for your programs? I mean, you set up watch groups. Yeah, we do. And and I think, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've obviously been doing more of them virtually over the course of the last six months or so. But what we tend to do is we release these documentaries is working with our partners who are who are helping us to, to create the content and finding the best environment where we can bring folks together for screenings, whether that's at uh, you know, conferences, if we're talking about, you know, leaders in the space and, and other, you know, uh, other organizations who are doing good work, who need to kind of ingest this content and learn what else they can do. Or if we're talking about going to high schools or, or community colleges or, uh, or, or, uh, or community organizations who are bringing the right folks together. But, you know, what that does is that, you know, again, I think I said it earlier, that's watching a documentary and then going about the rest of your day doesn't necessarily change the trajectory of your life. But if you can, you know, digest that information, uh, and di digest that content, and then also be in a room to discuss those, com those, those themes and those ideas with other folks, you get more out of it. So yeah, we do our best to, to bring those gatherings together. And I think we're getting, I think we're all getting a little better at doing it virtually these days. Uh, you know, I think we, you know, somebody said six months ago, do you, you know, foresee uh, a world where we're doing a lot of virtual events and gatherings? You'd say, sure. I don't think everybody was quite ready to do it this fast, but we're um, we're seeing good turnout for gatherings like that, and and uh, um, you know, and I think we're we're lucky enough to have the technology where we can actually do some pretty pretty darn good interaction with the folks who are digesting the content as part of these events. I'm going to tell you that these programs and what you're doing can change the trajectory of a person's life. They can, because you're offering them such a gift. You left them free. I don't know what, what I know these kids all got uh, uh, jobs in the industries they wanted, but I don't know how much follow-up you do. I'd like to feel that these kids go on and replay what you've given them in their lives, maybe not the same way, but tell others what's available. What's available for a black kid to find out, you know? After he graduates from college, yeah, I think these were all college kids. Yeah, that's right. In this case, they, they certainly were. And that's, you know, that's interesting you asked that question, too, because we just completed a, uh, a research report um, just earlier this year on the impact of these experiences on, on all the road trippers we've had over the years. I think in the neighborhood of about 100, 190 road trippers on all these different projects over the years. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the deepest impact of our work is going to be on those on those road trippers. But uh, I don't have all the stats, you know, handy in front of me. But I think generally speaking, uh, you know, the deepest impact that we've we've been able to have is really on um, just the willingness to pivot within your career, but also the understanding of the of connecting your career to what you're interested in and what the value of it is. Not just for, you know, day to day happiness, right? Which I don't I don't suggest that's not potentially the most important thing an individual should be looking for, but also understanding that tying it to your interest makes you more productive and gives you more of an opportunity to grow within your career versus, you know, something where you're kind of, you know, pushing the paper over, you know, from, from nine to five because it's what's in front of you, which, you know, as is, is, is Alice, you and I have talked about, 
that's part of the process. And there are plenty of moments and sometimes months and years where that becomes, you know, one of your, one of your stepping stones, but to be able to connect your interest to that, to those careers is, was really one of the biggest, um, biggest takeaways from the impact we've had on road trippers. Um, and we've, you know, and it's had a, uh, an even deeper effect on, uh, on those from, um, on BIPOC individuals and those from underrepresented backgrounds or, or, uh, you know, lower income backgrounds. So, um, those kind of experiences of exploration and, and, not just, you know, venturing into a forest you've never been in before, but sitting down with folks you've never spoken to before. Um, yes. I think what we, yes. what we found from those evaluations is that, that that's going to have an, an impact on everybody, but especially those who have not had the opportunities to do that on a more regular basis because of the community they grow up in or the, uh, or, or the uh, you know, financial environment they've been in. Um, you know, more opportunities equals a broader sense of what's out there and a, and a more likelihood that you'll be able to connect your interests to, what you're spending your time on, which is good both personally and professionally. And, and ideally, those those are two things you want to tie together really closely. Do you happen to have a special story for me about uh, uh, someone who really prospered emotionally, spiritually, every which way that you've heard from what you've been doing for the last 20 years? Yeah, you know, there's there's one um, actually going back to the the women science example that I that I mentioned earlier. I think sometimes when we go through these projects, we we know the work we do. Obviously, we spend all day thinking about this and hopefully the impact that it's going to have. But there are moments where you just realize, um, you know, how simple some of these you know exposure experiences can 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 truly be. And and you know, we were uh, we hadn't even hit the road yet, but we were doing a um, a gathering before the the road trip began, and uh, you know, talking to one of the one of the the road trippers um, really around, and uh, you know, speaking about you know just not being able to see women in science in these roles. And one of our partners from Microsoft was there, and he said, "We have an entire group of employees that's just women coders that meet on a regular basis, and just watching her face just be her mind completely blown." that that's a thing, not just at Microsoft, but all over the place. So simple exposure is probably some of the deepest impact we see with these projects. Okay. We'll be back, but I, I'm glad you answered my question. I got a few others for you. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200 birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. An international initiative called Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing Wednesdays from 17 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through 
through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network, and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. And we are back, and we're alive. And you know, if you really want to call us up, you can call us up to ask a question at 866-451-1451. Did I say that right? Yeah, I did. 866-451-1451. Tim, we were talking about the the results of some of the trips you've had, and even before they start, there's an and I think I think you have to be aware of that because somebody sitting in the room just hearing about the trip is growing and blossoming to think that that's going to be available to them. You just had a story. Mm-hmm. To, uh, please tell your story again because it's wonderful. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the the, the one I was focusing on was, was part of our, our, our women in science road trip, and I think you know it, it really translates to most of our projects and I think pretty, pretty standard daily life when you're thinking about folks trying to understand what's, what's next. And the, and the example was, you know, that, that one of our road trippers was saying, I just don't understand if there's you know, really a place for women in, in coding of any sort, because she'd never met a female who was doing coding as part of her career. And, you know, this was a conversation with a, a good friend of ours from Microsoft who was standing there saying, there's an affinity group who's just made up of Microsoft employees who are all female, who all, uh, are, are, you know, primarily focusing on, on, on coding. And, and as simple as that sounds, I think for, for those of us who, you know, for better or worse, have spent time in a corporate environment, you have an understanding that that's out there. These are the types of groups that happen, at, you know, or that are put together at most companies. But to watch a, you know, a young woman see, you know, just, just kind of dumbfounded that that was even a possibility was a reminder of how simple some of this exposure can be but how important it, it, it is to the process. Now, just understanding that there are affinity groups of a particular group of people with a particular job is not you know, the end of the conversation, but what it does is kind of opens up the door to the next part of this saying, well, if that affinity group exists, that means there are a whole lot of stories of folks like me that got to this place where I want to go. And you start to understand that even though your path is going to be your own, the more paths you understand about other people and, and, and how they've gotten there is going to give you more options as you start to, to, to craft your own path. So, um, you know, again, I think the, the, the story quickly becomes moves from specific to much broader because we see it in almost every, um, in almost every, every project that we cover. Well, uh, what kind of attention do you think that the road trip nation content brings to the people who use it to those who have a, first of all, explain please the process that you go to find the three people you want to put on a big, like a, 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 I'm losing my, my, my word on one of your big, big, huge thing on wheels. <laughs> yeah, our, 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 our RVs. Uh, yeah, RVs. Um, Thank you. 
Yeah, so um, that's a great question. So what we do is, is kind of the way the process works is we identify certain themes that we know that we want to cover based on, you know, conversations we've had with thought leaders in this space or what we're hearing about the, the you know, the conversation uh, related to education and to career exploration and, and into the workforce. And then uh, we, we identify partners who are interested in covering the same topic, uh, you know, or, or something similar. And then we, we craft a, uh, an application that we put out to our network uh, that we've, you know, really been building over the course of, of, of close to 20 years. Um, a lot of partners in the education space, a lot of uh, teachers within our network, um, you know, that obviously helps us target those, those young adults that we're, um, that we're trying to reach. But when we're working with specific thought leaders about a specific theme, they often have a, um, an even bigger network that we're exposed to. So, for example, um, in 2021, we'll be doing a uh, project focused on uh, formerly incarcerated individuals and their pathway back into uh, in society and the barriers that are there for them that are just frightening, to be honest with you, in terms of how many there are and, and why actually, uh, you know, and put in front of folks on a daily basis. The reality is though, Road Trip Nation is not an expert in this space, but we are experts in being able to tell the story. So when we're looking for, uh, you know, not just the identification of road trippers, but, uh, you know, expertise on how to, uh, you know, frame the narrative, um, we, we lean heavily on, on those who are um, closer to the space. So that work will be done in partnership with the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative that has done a, a ton of research in this space about that comeback narrative and what that process is like to uh, reenter society. And I think we all have a certain uh, expectation of what that means to be formally incarcerated. And, and, you know, generally speaking, I think that impression is, is, is wrong for most of us, at least those of us who have not um, spent the time to really understand what that, um, what that process is like. So to your question about, you know, how we identify uh, who the road trippers are, we lean heavily on those partners to, to help us, you know, grow that network beyond the network we already have. Um, but that extends even into, you know, making sure that we're, you know, uh, getting a sense of what's going to be the highest and best use of, of, of a narrative that we're trying to craft here. Um, although obviously the content, you know, comes, comes to life a bit more organically because it's about the three road trippers asking questions that they need answers to from the folks they are interviewing, meaning they're not handed a list of questions. They're not going out there to be our, you know, our journalists to, to gather the content. They are on this trip because they need to, to know what the answers to these questions are so that they can take their specific next steps, which I think creates a certain quality of content, uh, you know, versus a, uh, you know, more standard structured, uh, you know, interview that we may see on, um, you know, on, on, our, on, our, on, you know, regular news TV, which we are, you know, all consuming quite a bit of these days. I want to ask you another question. I, my mind is going so fast. Have you ever had an alumni party where all these kids, they aren't, they're no longer kids. If they, if they did <laughs> your trip 20 years ago, uh, come together and talk about what their experience was. That's such a good question, Alice. We have not brought them all together as part of one larger gathering. What we tend to do is, uh, you know, as you might imagine, there's a pretty deep experience for those that go on the trips, and they stay in pretty close contact, usually with some of the producers on the trip that are kind of part of the adventure with them. Um, and then when we do those gatherings that we talked about earlier and those events where we'll do screenings, uh, we'll bring some of those road contacts because, you know, one of us can stand up there and kind of explain what this is, but nobody can explain better than, uh, than, than somebody who's who's gone through it. So I think with some of the you know evaluation work we had done, the impact that we had um, on those road trippers, and obviously the evaluation team being in touch with those road trippers, I think you're onto something. And I think that's something that we need to 
uh, look at, at putting together. And you know what? Well, most people aren't on the move at the moment. So maybe everybody's at home. It'll be easier to get everybody on a virtual conversation. But hopefully once the dust settles of, of everything we're dealing with here in 2020, we can, we can make that gathering happen. I, I like that idea a lot. Oh, good. Now I got another uh, suggestion. I got another topic for you, which you may not be aware of. Uh, I belong to a uh, group that are so-called experts for a publication called Bottom Line Personal. It's wonderful. And the last dinner we were at, everybody is talking about what they do and how they do it. And then I talk, you know, and I, I, I'm just different. I can't help it. Anyway, they're all professionals, and they, and I, you know, I just got a big award about being a professional top uh, host. Anyway, the point is, they all came up to me afterwards and said, "You know what you talk about? You talk about the soft skills in industry." And these young people are all in the tech industries. And they know their stuff. You talk about coders. They know their technical stuff, but they don't know how to, they, they have no soft skills. We don't know what to do with them. Could you build a trip around that, I wonder? You know, I, I love that suggestion, and we've talked about it. I mean, it's on, it's, it's something along those lines has, has been on the list for probably about a year, year and a half, and, and, we're, and we're working through how to, how to frame it and kind of find the right partners to, to do it. But I think even beyond just the creation of a, you know, a documentary with that focus, uh, what we're also doing is, is taking a close look at all the content we already have. So when you look at what's in there, um, you know, in the 8,000-plus videos in the interview archive, that's the, the social emotional learning skills are really the frame, uh, you know, within which all of this content has been built. Now, uh, realistically, if you go back to when we first started cutting these videos into, into short form content, I don't know that um, SEL is, is the way we would have described it in part because I don't know if that was the you know, terminology at the time. But what, what well, we're doing is we're showing this content to kind of build the skills. It, it is it is very much you know about the soft skills versus the hard skills, right, or whatever the, the terms of the day may be. And I think they're we're not the only ones in this space that have done you know a, a good job of, of being able to help hone those skills. I think sometimes it's about how do you frame how you talk about it so that uh, people can understand that it's social emotional learning skills, not just you know, quote, engaging content, and that's that's the end of it. And I think some of the work that, you know, organizations like um, like Castle, and there's a, quite a few states, uh, I wish I knew the number off the top of my head, but in the, in the 30s, I believe, uh, states that have social-emotional learning standards for, um, for the state so that we're trying to move to a place where even on, you know, more traditional education, they're looking at it through the skills that need to be developed so that you can progress in life and in career versus thinking about it as just direct application of what you memorized uh, for that particular test in, in 10th grade. I mean, you, you nailed it, right? The skills that we're talking about that fall under that umbrella of, of, of social emotional learning are what allow us to progress to whatever's next, whatever's next may be, you know, the next meeting of the day, the next career, the next conversation you're trying to have. But um, I think what, what we're starting to get a better understanding of broadly is that the we know how to quantify social emotional learning skills versus just saying some people have it, some people don't. That's not the case. And I think exploration, conversations with folks you do not know, and understanding of what people's personal life paths have been and career paths have been, is, is very much a part of of, uh, 
um, you know, of understanding, um, you know, both what those skills are and, and how to hone them. But, uh, but going back to your original idea, I think we'd really like to do a project that focuses specifically on this. So we could start conversations with folks who, you know, know more about it than the average bear um, and, and can help organizations like us do an even better job of talking about the social emotional learning work that we've been able to do and, and um, you know, continue to progress and, and have, a, have a greater impact with it. Well, you're right. This is really new material, and it is the basis of a good or a bad life. Um, I have to tell you a, a little story. I'm addicted. I never watch television very much. I just don't because I value my time. But I become addicted to certain shows during this lockdown. And one of them is called The Good Witch, and they, I turn the music on, and it absolutely calms me down no matter what kind of a day I've had. Anyway, oh, my gosh, we got another commercial. We'll be back with some more juicy stuff. I love the way this is going. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current current concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. I have never, Tim, I've never been addicted to any show that I know of because I don't watch television a lot because I know what the impact is. Anyway, I'm watching The Good Witch on Netflix. I I play the music and it just, you know, music can change a mood and it does with me. Anyway, so mm-hmm. one of the main characters is a physician and he's mentoring his new interns and he's talking to the chaplain and he says, you know, this one, it was top of his class, but he doesn't know the first thing about humanity or human beings. And so they're, they're, they're having an experience, and he walks in, and this top-of-the-class doctor is talking to a patient. And the patient says, i got to get out of here because I have to play tennis with my granddaughter. It's very important. And he says, well, we'll schedule surgery for Monday. 
He doesn't answer the man's question. He doesn't relate to the question. Nothing. So afterwards, the doctor is talking to the chaplain. He says, you see what I mean? I got to do something. So he calls his interns in, and he says, you know, the most important part of healing, or at least one of the most important parts of healing, is how people are treated. And what we've learned, we're the old guard, what we've learned is the energy between people is very important. You have to look at them and listen to them. And, of course, this, uh, this top-of-his-class guy was a little miffed. But he did come back, and he said, thank you. Now, one of the things, the, the most important thing, really, from my viewpoint in this, that I tell as many as, uh, that I ask as much as I can, and I ask you the question, has anybody ever asked you what you need? Nobody ever asked us. Nobody ever asked our parents. So we've got to stop blaming our parents mm -hmm. for the kind of attention they didn't give us, or they did give us, because <laughs> they didn't know anything. Anyway, we, we personally have to determine what kind of attention we want and need, and then ask for it. Because if you expect people to give it to us, we're going we're gonna to be very disappointed. We're going to get very angry. We're going to disconnect, and we're going to start acting out. That's the, sh that's the name of this process. When you, do, when you aren't included, you feel bad. When people aren't listening to you, you feel bad. When people don't call you and you're waiting for dinner, and it's an hour or an hour and a half, you feel bad. Now, one of the things that I always say is the kind of attention we got, we get, we got, is the root cause of our feelings and our behavior. So that's what my mission is. So that's why I asked you the question personally. You gave me the same answer, part of it, that everybody does. When I go into a group, I give a lot of workshops and keynotes, and I ask people, how many of you have gotten the kind of attention you, you need today? Do you know what they do? They laugh. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that as the response. I mean, I think, you know, you made really such a great point there in that, you know, especially as, as young children, right, you're, you're given the attention you get, right? And I think on some level, you're probably, you know, demanding you know, certain types of attention, all that. But I think, you know, where we spend more of our time and, and you know, young adults, right, still a lot to, to develop, as I think we're all still always developing on some level. But you start to understand, you know, your point about needing to um, be clear to others about the attention that you're looking for, right? And I, I don't think that's, you know, even just saying that, I don't, it, it sounds a little formulaic. And I, I, you know, you're the expert on this, but I can't imagine it's you you know, put together a one pager that says the kind of attention you need. And then you hand it out to folks before you start a conversation with them saying, this is what you need to get the best out, give me to get the best out of me. I don't think that's how it, how it, how it works, but you start to send those kinds of messages by the way you explore the kinds of questions you ask, the kinds of folks you walk up to, or the kinds of folks you reach out to, to explore, you know, a little bit more about them, right. So that you can understand how you can apply it to your life. And I think that's where, um, you know, that's where our energy really sits, uh, especially as it relates to, 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 to attention is if you can ask the questions yourself, right. Especially if the questions are about, uh, how, you know, that person got to where they are, 
there are walls that come down pretty quickly. And I think what we normally see in these interviews is that when folks sit down for the first time, leaders sit down for the first time to be interviewed by a young adult or road trippers, we refer to them. They often begin the conversation thinking they're, you know, doing a, you know, just a, a regular media interview. They've got their canned answers, but then you quickly realize that based on the questions that are being asked, they're not looking for sound bites right? They're going to sound good on the evening news. They're looking for answers to questions that they need to understand so they can figure out what's next. So I think even though the, the questions are, you know, if, if I'm sitting down and interviewing you, Alice, they're, they're questions about you, right? I'm giving you attention by giving you the opportunity to, to explain yes. how you've gotten to where you are in life. But by positioning it that way, what you're also saying is, this is the kind of feedback I need, which is this is the kind of attention I need because I've got some things I need to figure out. And I think that's, you know, and, and I've learned this, I think, more clearly from my conversations with you is that is just simply universal, right? I mean, it there are universal. all the tools, resources, whatever vague term we want to use in terms of all the things that, that folks need. And it's, and it's not equitable. And that is something that, you know, for better or worse, we're always going to be trying to improve upon. But at the same time, there are opportunities for us to uh, show folks how to explore within the network, the community that they do have that may be a small step in the right direction to be able to get the kind of support that they, they deserve within the community or the, uh, or, or the household that they're, um, they're growing up in. But um, I, I just think your, your point about, you know, being to express what, what kind of attention you're looking for comes through in the kinds of questions you ask and who you, you know, ask them of. Yeah, you know what? People need self-permission, which I don't think our culture is ready to give them yet, because you know the whole tele the whole television set and the commercials tell people what they need to do to be more popular, to have more friends, to have better bodies. We rob people of their intuition. They know what makes them feel good, but nobody's asked them. And that's where it begins. Everybody. This is everybody's core need. It doesn't matter how old you are, how rich, how fat, how thin, or what color you are. This is a human being. I'm shouting. I'm sorry. Uh, a human being's <laughs> core need. In, in orphans, orphanages, if orphans don't get the kind of attention they need, they disconnect and they die. This is researched already. Same like monkeys. That's how I began the first step into the work I do, because I had an epiphany over the word attention. I never knew anything about attention, and I said, this is a clue. I was looking for what I had done in my youngest son's life that didn't work because he went from heavy television viewing to using drugs when he was 13, and I was terrified. Anyway, I want to, uh, uh, this has gone so fast and it's been so full of wonderful conversation. <laughs> Will you tell the audience how they can find you and, and how they can get in touch with you, or maybe they have an idea, please. Yeah, I think everything you're looking for is on roadtripnation.com, all one word, roadtripnation.com. And, and, you know, I think from there you'll find um, all of our documentaries that are free and, and available on, on that site. And then um, uh, a few search explore, uh, career exploration tools um, that uh, will kind of allow you to scratch the surface on um, identifying your own interests and, and aligning them directly with 
um, next steps that you can take. And, and our content uh, also reaches um, uh, high school and college students through partnerships and, and uh, through higher ed institutions, Boys and Girls Clubs of America, um, uh, every SAT and PSAT taker, and uh, with about half the, the guidance counselors in U.S. public high schools. So we're trying to put our content everywhere that it can be helpful. Um, but uh, for the most direct access for, for, the, for the listening audience, RoadTripNation.com is where you can find your next steps. And if they sat down with their kids, their older kids, or their sisters and brothers, they could have a conversation about the value of your work, right? That's right. That's, I think that's exactly like, right. And I think, again, the best use is uh, hearing a good story to get the conversation started. But one good story doesn't solve everything, right? Inspiration on the edge of a cliff doesn't solve it all, but inspiration with some next steps will, will allow folks to get where they want to go. But introducing the, your show and what you're doing to people is one good story that needs to another. I've had a wonderful time, Tim. You're just a great guest, and i got to have you back so you'll tell us more stories and how you're doing. Thank you so much for being here. And, and I thank you for, for inviting me. I've really enjoyed this. Would you, would you say that again, how people can get a, a, head, a hold of you, please? Road sure, you Trip can find Nation. us on roadtripnation.com. And what station is this on? Uh, through PBS. You can check your local listings because we uh, are at various times, but, uh, but, but most PBS stations across the country are kind Okay, we have to go. But, you know, teachers could use your programs as a whole starting point. Okay, we have to go, people. We'll be back next week. I hope you got some good intellectual or social skills out of our conversation today. Bye. Keep well and safe. You've been listening to Attention Matters with your host, Alice Aspen-March. Tune in each week as Alice will provide tools, insights, and an innovative perspective on how to consciously give and receive quality attention here on Attention Matters. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.